In our parsha, we have a posik where the Malochim are asking Avram Avinu, and they say to him, where is your wife Sarah? Rashi quotes the words Vayoimru Elov, they said to him, and he says that in the word Elov, there are, in the Sefer Torah, there are dots on the three letters Aleph, Yud, and Vav. Rashi says, we learned in the Baraisa that Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar teaches that whenever you have a situation where there is more letters in the word that don't have dots, then we darshan, we expound those letters. If there are more letters that have dots, we expound on those letters. What this Pasuk is teaching us by having the dots on the three letters, Aleph, Yud, Vav, which would spell Ayoy, where is he? That in addition to the Malachim asking Avram, where Sarah is, they also said Ayoy, they said to Sarah, where is he? Where is Avram? This teaches us that when you come guest, as a guest somewhere, you should be inquiring about the welfare, both from the husband about the wife and the wife about the husband. The Rebbe has a number of questions. First of all, if Rashi is explaining the word a love, why is it relevant to quote from the Pasuk the word Vayoimru in the Dibra Maschil? Also, why is it relevant to say that this is coming from Reb Shimon ben Elazar? The Rebbe also asks, on this cloud that we said regarding the dots, the Rebbe says it seems to be a bit strange. Because we seemingly could have achieved the same exact thing by putting a dot on one letter on the Lamed. Because basically what we're saying is, seemingly it, whichever way you do it, you end up with the same result. We either put a dot on the Lamed, and then you have more letters without dots. So that's the Aleph, Yud, and Vav. Or you put le- dots on three out of the four letters, Aleph, Yud, and Vav. And then once again, we are learning something from that Aleph, Yud, and Vav. So whichever way you do it, dots on the three letters, Aleph, Yud, Vav, or a dot on the Lamed, you end up with the same result. So why is there a need to put more dots in order to get the Ayoy in that word? The Rebbe then goes on to the next part of the Rashi, where Rashi says in Baba Metziah, it says, Malachim knew where Sarah Imenu was, but this was coming to bring out her modesty. They have to ask, where is she? That means she's not here, she's not in public. This was to endear Sarah to Avram Avinu. Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanino says, this was in order to send her Koshal Bracha. After benching, there's a Koshal Bracha. They asked where she is in order to send her the Koshal Bracha. The Rebbe once again has lots of questions. Number one, these explanations of to express how um, modest she is, and to send Koshal Bracha are not an explanation on Vayoimru Elov, meaning on the uh, on the Aleph Yud Vav, the indication that they also ask Sorrow about Avram. Rather, this is purely about what they're asking Avram about Sorrow. Why is this coming as a continuation to the previous part of Rashi, where they're asking Sorrow about Avram? Furthermore, it seems actually in contradiction. This part is speaking about Sarah's modesty. The first part of Rashi, which is saying they're going to ask Sarah about Avram, doesn't seem that modest. The Rebbe also asks, why over here is it important to mention, here Rashi says, it's Omar Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanino in order to send Kaishal Bracha. Once again, why is it important to mention the name of who said it? The Rebbe also asks, why are the Malachim sending Kaishal Bracha? Why doesn't Avram Avinu send from his Kaishal Bracha? Another thing the Rebbe asks is, the, Rebbe, the Rashi seems to be telling us three reasons of why the Malachim are asking about sorrow. Number one, it's polite to ask the hosts about each other. Number two is to express her modesty. Number three, about the Koshal Bracha. Why do we need three reasons? Why isn't one reason enough? Furthermore, even without any of these reasons, it would seem we would know why they're asking for sorrow. They need to tell her the news about having a baby. That's what they came for. And finally, the Rebbe asks, if there are three reasons, why does Rashi say them all following from each other, continuing from each other, rather than saying, Dover Acher, another explanation, and so on and so forth. 
To understand all of this, says the Rebbe, what's really bothering Rashi is one simple thing. If, as we understood before, the simple reason why they came is to give Sarah the news that she's going to have a baby, how many malachim do that? One malach is going to tell her that, as we learned already in the past, each malach had his own mission. Then why does the Pasuk say, Vayoymru, a love? They're all asking about Sarah, where Sarah is. In fact, that's why Rashi quotes the word Vayoymru in the Dibra Maskal, because that's what's bothering Rashi, the plural of why are they all speaking. Says Rashi, this is coming to teach us that it has nothing to do with the fact that Sarah is going to have a baby. Rather, this is something else. This is coming to teach us that it's the right thing when you come to a place, you should inquire from the husband about the wife. The only thing then is, that it would make sense they should have also asked Sarah about Avram. That's also part of the same thing. That's why Rashi says that the dots in the word a love are in fact hinting to this very point. Yes, they also asked, Ayoy, where is Avram? And this is why Rashi is even explaining the dots, which is something that not necessarily usually does, because this is part of understanding the Pshutesh Mikra. The question, however, would then be, if they're just coming to inquire about Sarah's welfare, why are they asking, Aye, Sarah, where is Sarah? And this is why Rashi now brings the next reasons, first of all, to bring out her modesty, and number two, to send her the Kaishal Bracha. In fact, the Rebbe says, by saying that she has modesty, this answers another question, and this will help us understand what we said before about which letters are dotted, more letters or less letters, and so on. The Rebbe says, when words have dots on them, when there are dots, what the dot is doing, it's not coming to completely remove those letters or the meaning of that word and so on. It's not coming to delete the word. What it's coming to do is to soften, to make a little lighter, not as emphasize those letters within that word. The Rebbe gives some examples for this idea. And this is what the Rebbe is saying now regarding the Aleph Yud Vav in Elov. What's happening is that they are asking Sarah about Avram, Ayoy, but it's with the dots on it representing that it's in a softer way, in a more modest way, in a quieter way, with less publicity than they would have asked Avram about Sarah. And that's what's being hinted in the Aleph Yud Vav. And that's why there are the dots. It wouldn't have been good enough to just put a dot on the Lamed. Because yes, we would have known that we need to look at the Aleph Yud Vav to understand that they're also asking where is Avram, but it wouldn't have softened that those letters. Meaning, when we put the dots on them, that's what's really highlighting the, or telling us the idea that it was done in a more modest type of way, in a quieter type of way. The Rebbe says now we could also understand that the idea of Tznius, we said, is not a contradiction to the fact that they asked Sarah about Avram, just the opposite. The idea of Tznius is actually helping us understand why those letters had the dots in order to tell us that it was in a more quiet way. Then Rashi goes on, in, in, in order, in other words, the next part of Rashi is actually coming in continuation to the previous part of Rashi. That this idea of Tznius, first of all, what says in the Gemara is both applies to what we said before about Sarah asking, asking Sarah about Avram. It's also going to fit with the next point about sending her Kaishal Bracha to understand that that's also not the opposite of Tznius as we will soon understand. Why does Rashi need both of these points, the idea of Tznius and Kaishal Bracha? So the Rebbe says, because really the idea of Tznius Avram would have known anyways. So what does it even mean that they're coming to ask Avram in order to arouse uh, this, this idea to endear her on her husband? This is something that she, that he has anyways. 
That's why Rashi adds this other point about Koishal Bracha to send her Koishal Bracha. The problem with that is, but if the Malachim knew already where she is, why are they saying, Ayesara, where is she? They just want to send her Koishal Bracha. Why are they asking where she is? So the answer to that is back in the first point, that it was just to bring out a little bit more the Tzniyaz Dika aspect, because he's going to have to answer, she's in the tent, she's in a modest way. Another advantage in this point of mentioning that it's about the Koishal Bracha over the idea of Tzniyaz, because if it's about the idea of Tzniyaz, it really doesn't matter exactly where she is located, that you have to answer she's in the tent, it's more a matter of saying, oh, she's not here in public. Whereas, if they want to send the Koshal Bracha, then it becomes very, very relevant to say exactly where she is, and that's the advantage of that Pirush. We asked before, why is it that the Malachim are sending Koshal Bracha and not Avram Avinu? The Rebbe says it's very, very simple. Avram Avinu is completely busy with his guests. They are the ones eating. He's not eating at all, and therefore, he, is, he doesn't have Koshal Bracha. The Rebbe says, now we could also understand why sending the Koshal Bracha is not the opposite of Tzniz, because there was no other choice. No one else was having the Koshal Bracha other than the Malachim. In addition to this, they only sent it to her, they didn't give it to her in a direct way. Now we're going to address why it mentions Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanino regarding the Koshal Bracha. The same Rabbi Yossi Bar Hanino says in Mesech the Brachas that a woman, the wife, has more of an understanding she's able to discern more regarding the guests more than the husband. So Sarah Imenu was the one that understood that these weren't simple people. They were something very, very special, whether Malachim or at least similar to Malachim. And therefore, once again, it's not going to be the opposite of Tzniyaz taking the Koshal Bracha from them. Nevertheless, the Rebbe says, there is still a question over here that although we said they're not in contradiction to each other, these reasons all go together, we still need to understand why are they being said as one flow and not Dover Acher says the Rebbe that these three th- reasons, they're not three different options. The Rebbe explains that each one of the Malachim were asking about Sarah's welfare and where she is for a different reason. One was to send Koshal Bracha. The other one was to teach us this idea that you're supposed to inquire by the hosts about each other. And the third one was in order to endear Sarah to Avraham Avinu. The Rebbe says, why was it important to mention Reb Shimon ben Elazar is the one that gave us the klal about the dots being more or less and so on and so forth. So the Rebbe says something very, very interesting. Generally speaking, when we have the dots on a letter and we're giving another pshat, it's not taking away the simple pshat as well. That means the word Elav still has its simple pshat. Now the main letter in the word Elav would be the Lamed. Elav means two to him and the Lamed is two. The Aleph Yudvav are really very, very secondary. So what ends up coming out of here is we have a very interesting situation. We have the Aleph Yudvav, and in a certain sense, it becomes completely toffle, completely secondary to the Lamed. And this seems to be a little bit strange. Three letters becoming toffle to one. Says the Rebbe, this is answered by saying that it's Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar teaches us halacha in Mesech Beitza, that usually you're only allowed to cook on Yom Tif whatever you need on Yom Tif. However, Rav Shem ben Elaza teaches that you could cook, you could bake a loaf of bread in the oven, but it would be helpful to fill up the whole oven with bread. It makes the bread better, so you could now put in many more loaves just for the sake of that one loaf. In a similar way over here, yes, it's possible that there's three extra letters just for the benefit of that one letter, and they are secondary to him. And the Rebbe finishes off with an amazing, amazing hero. The Rebbe says a person could think to himself sometimes that so much of his day is going for business, for other mundane physical things, and so little time spent on Torah and mitzvahs. And this can get him a little bit down. 
So the Rebbe says we have the Hayro over here. That when we do things L'Shem Shamayim, like those loaves of bread that are just helping out, that one loaf of bread that's going to be used for Yom Tif, then it really means that all of those loaves of bread are being lifted up to a Yom Tif Dika level. And in a similar way, when a Yid does his mundane things, but he's doing it in order to help him in Torah and Mitzvahs, then it's as the Rambam says that he's serving the Abishta even when he's doing other physical things, and through this we make the ultimate dira b'tachtoinim, for the Eibishter, this is of course ha'achana to the time, says the Rebbe, when we won't even have to do any baking, because all these uh, delicious bread rolls and other things are going to be growing from the trees, the V.S. Mashiach Tzadkeinu B'karev Mamash.